0: You're listening to Locked On College Football Kickoff Live with myself, Drake Toll of Locked On Big 12, Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC, and Alex Dono of Locked On Kings. Let's take a look around the country in college football. Happy Thursday, everybody. and Welcome to Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. That is Kenton Games of Locked On ACC and Locked On Wolfpack. Alex Dono of Locked On Canes. I'm Drake Toll of Locked On Big 12 live from my Nokia 6 today, guys. <laughs> I was just trying it out. I broke it out. See if it can work. And the audio on it is great. But the video is lacking just a bit. And it's not Friday. I usually thank everybody for joining us every Friday for Lockton College football kickoff live, but considering games kick off tomorrow, we wanted to get a day ahead on conference championship weekend after a wild college football season. Football is over for many schools. There are plenty that aren't going bowling, they packed everything in and ball game. And for many They're still competing for a college football playoff, and that's so big this weekend from Alabama and Georgia to even Michigan and Iowa and tomorrow night, Oregon and Washington. Kenton, this is it. We've got still seven, eight teams in play here, and we've got to bring it down to four.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and here's the deal. This final weekend of the season is going to be vitally important from a lot of aspects because there are multiple teams that are in this hunt. This is the most competitive that the CFP has ever been in terms of You can make a case for this team. You can make a case for this team. You can make a case for this team. And, you know, I think that – I think looking at this situation, we're going to find out what the committee values in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Because do you put a Bama team in if they beat Georgia? You say, well, they have the better win, but you lost to a team that's also on the cusp. What do we do there? What do we say there? Or or do you value a team, Oregon-Washington It's about who's trending in the right direction, all this good stuff, all that good stuff. It's hard to beat a team twice. We all know how hard that is. But let's just say Washington does pull off two wins. Then what? Where do you put them? You know, there's a lot of questions swirling around this thing. Florida State, if they barely escape with a win against Louisville, even if they dominate Louisville, do they say, well, we know without Jordan Travis, you can't compete? Or do they say, you know what? Hey, you did what you got to do. You did your big one. You won all these games by all these points. We got to put you in the playoff. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the committee plays this thing. Because I'll tell you what, if they do a bad enough job, the folks will be screaming, bring back the computers. We got AI now. Bring them back.
0: Yeah. uh, Well, you say that. There almost feels like there is no fear of repercussion, no matter how many people scream, uh, you know, we hate this or this was unfair. That has been the case since the college football playoffs conception. And now moving to 12 teams, you have that to fall back on. This year can just be the wash where we put in four teams. We're moving on. We're going to 12. Donna, with that, it, it makes me think of fan bases like Texas. They've got a road win against Alabama. Their only loss is against Oklahoma at a neutral site on a last second touchdown. They've got a much better resume than Oregon who has 60 second strength of schedule, Texas in the top 10. Why aren't the Longhorns getting any love here?
2: Well, I know that, um, you know, Texas is not going to get in. I don't believe uh, now, obviously if Alabama does beat Georgia, that's where Longhorns fans are going to have the opportunity to go crazy. And I, and I get yeah. it right. Cause uh, you know, Uh, There have been years, you know, back when Miami used to be really good, and I thought they were hard done by those old BCS computers that you guys were referencing earlier, where it's really fun to complain about that. Texas would be in an opportunity to complain. Now, to build on what Kenton was saying about this college football playoff committee, not all of them kind of take the same path to that destination, but at the end of the day, the criteria technically is, putting in the best four teams, who you believe the top teams are, not necessarily the teams with the best resume. So I can understand, and I know Alabama, they lost head-to-head at home against Texas. I get it, but based on the way the remainder of the season has played out, if Bama does get a signature win in the SEC championship game against the two-time defending national champions, you would be able to strongly argue at the end of the day that even though they've got the head to head to head loss to Texas, Alabama is probably the better team right now. And I can also understand what you're saying about Florida state, Yeah, you know, Florida state, if they, you know, squeak by Louisville, they could end up still getting passed over and not making the top four, but it's the committee's job to decide at the end of the day, who they believe the best four teams are to put them in that college football playoff. Now, as a fan, I love the fact that this thing is going to be expanding to 12. I just think mm-hmm. it's more fair that way to give 12 teams an opportunity. At the same time, as a media member, we're probably going to miss some of these conversations a little bit, guys, because arguments about you know who number 13 is that should have been top 12 are not nearly as fun as you know arguing that number five or number six should have been in the top four. So a lot of these debates are going to be missed. But there are some opportunities. And guys, you think about – the Pac-12 championship game. It's been a hell of a year for the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 as we know it is over. I mean, what, what a great final See, for a conference that's been around for more than a century yeah. to die the unfortunate death that that conference is dying and to have two of the best teams in the country going head to head for the championship. And I believe, despite what happened, the result of the first game, I do believe Oregon is the better team and they're probably going to win tomorrow. They're probably going to get into that college football playoff, but Washington is an amazing story as well. And I hate to see the Pac-12 as we know it going away.
0: Yeah, an interesting note on that, Dono. The conversations will be replaced with who wins between Penn State and Ole Miss at a a campus site game. And I think those conversations will be so much more exciting than the what-ifs or what could have been. Now we get the... How does it play out when those teams get their fair shake in a national championship? So we will see the evo- the evolution of that going into next season. And to touch on your Texas point, I want to go back to you here, Dono. Should they have just played Western Carolina? And they went on the road and beat Alabama, but what did it mean? What did it yeah. do when yeah. Alabama gets in the co- But where is your reward for yeah. going and winning at Alabama? You might as well have just played Western Carolina.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's a great point. And and again, if I were if I were a Longhorn fan, I would be enraged with the way this thing's probably going to play out. Now, at the end of the day, Drake and Kenton, and this is why they play the games. We're going to find out on Saturday. Is it? I I mean, because they did. Texas and Alabama played. They did. They did. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think Alabama is going to beat Georgia and get in anyway. So that's my thing. If that were yes. to happen, if Alabama beats Georgia, they get in, Texas doesn't. Texas has the right to be outraged. I don't believe it's going to play out. I think Georgia's going to win that game. Yeah. Texas, uh, Alabama's going to miss out. Texas will also miss out. So those complaints will not be as loud for that reason. But it is absolutely unfair. And, and that's why that's why we need a 12-team playoff. That's why we need a field that's bigger than the one that we currently have, because there are way too many opportunities for the committee to, for, you know, lack of a better phrase, screw somebody over. Like somebody's going to feel hard done by this. And Texas could be one of those who feels hard. I mean, Washington, Washington, if they lose to Oregon tomorrow, they're going to say, Hey, all we did was split with Oregon and they get into the playoff and we don't, that's probably not, I mean, unless they get blown out tomorrow, but if it's another close game, like the one we had first time around and Oregon wins, Washington's going to feel like that's unfair and they'll have a point.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kenton, for you, another matchup that has plenty of controversy around it and with Locked On ACC, Florida State. If they're undefeated, they took care of business. And there are so many. I covered the Big 12 for Locked On Big 12. There are two teams that had a quarterback start the entire season because of whether injury or being benched. Two teams. This is what, what college football is, playing through injury. And now, sure, a key injury, albeit, but you can't keep them out undefeated. Let me tell you something.
1: They got a guy, a six four returning putts over there in Tallahassee. I don't care who they have throwing them the ball. We got we got a very goth version of Drake Toll today. Just in case you all didn't know, he we went do, the I hot can. topic. He put on the the the, the uh, face paint and all that good stuff. He's very emotional about this, and so am I. Damn it! Yeah. You can't tell me that Florida State with Jared Verse, with all of the guys, Kalen Deloach with Fentrail Cypress, with all of the guys that they got, you're looking at them saying, they can't compete with anybody without Jordan Travis. It sounds good in theory, but there's a reason why we play the games. We cannot penalize teams for having key injuries late. That's never how this thing has worked out, and it can't work out that way this year. All Florida State has done is whoop the wheels off teams week after week after week. And if Jordan Travis's injury was so bad that this team is now so worried. Okay, all they did was beat Florida by nine. How much, How many points did Georgia win by this weekend? Eight. 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 So wait a minute. All of the injury and all of how bad it was, and you can say all you want about, oh, Georgia rested everybody. Everybody was rested. Sure. Don't matter to me. At the end of the day, you put on film what you put on film. You put an eight-point win against a six-win team, six team on film. That is not going to be a moment where you can say, oh, this team stood on me. They whooped the wheels off. So to sit up here and and criticize Florida State for that, asinine, ridiculous at best, flat out fraudulent at worst. And I'll tell you what, if Louisville wins the game, sure, keep Florida State out, good. They don't belong. If Florida State wins that game, all they have done is go undefeated in the Power 5. You cannot keep an undefeated Power 5 out. I don't care what conference they're from.
2: And I think the committee's going to agree with you. I, I don't see Florida State because, remember, they're already in the top four. I don't see them falling out yeah. if they win the I ACC know. championship. Like, they, they're going to be – you just got to take care of business. And I, I agree with you overall And because I've seen over these last couple of games, I think Tate, Tate Rodemaker has grown into that offense a little bit. He's never going to be Jordan Travis. He's never going to offer, you know, the ability to extend plays and make some of the dynamic plays. Florida State's a really good football team. He's got to get the football to their – excellent perimeter players, the Johnny Wilsons, the Keon Coleman's of the world. Florida State's got a very good defense, which I think is going to give Louisville a really hard time in that championship game on Friday. You know, Rodamaker, he's got to be a really solid game manager to win that game. Now, would that be enough in the college football playoff? I will say that even if Jordan Travis was still there and not Rodemaker. I I wouldn't predict Florida State to beat some of the other teams they're going to be in that field with. But do they deserve if they win that game against Louisville? Yes, they deserve to get in. I believe the committee will get it right. They will put them in.
0: Yeah, and again, they've got not just a win against LSU. They have a beatdown against LSU and a possible Heisman winner in Jaden Daniels. And more than this year more than ever to me, we are devaluing what teams did in the first three and four weeks of the season. We are taking away some of the big ones. We have planted these games in our schedules to build strength of schedule. And now when the clock's striking midnight due to some key injuries or due to that one loss in the midseason, those don't seem like they matter. And that's something that plays in so large this week. And speaking of large, Kenton, well, these spreads, Oregon minus 10, Texas minus 15 and a half against Oklahoma state, even Georgia, a touchdown favorite against Bama and then 21 and a half for Michigan over Iowa. What are the odds we get a big upset somewhere in here? I mean, and and even a big upset would be Washington over Oregon based on a 10 point spread.
1: Penix. Is going to get the job done the same way I said he would the first time. And nobody believed me. Washington is going to beat this Oregon team. Oregon bullies a bunch of bad teams, and everybody's all of a sudden, like, oh my God, the mighty Oregon Ducks. You can't do nothing with them. Let me tell you something. You can try to change, but that's just the top layer. Homie, you was who you was when you got here. That's what I look at Bo Nix with. That's who I look at him as. You're a good quarterback. He's good. He's been in college for forever and a day. I believe he was in college when Brandon Ayuk was catching passes from Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. That's how long that young man has been in college. But with that being said,
0: when he was does- in college, Jalen Hurts was throwing to CeeDee Lamb at Oklahoma. Those two guys have been <laughs> all pro in the NFL for a few years now.
1: That's my point exactly. Bo Nix is not the guy that everybody thinks he is. Uh, Penix is. Penix is that. He is phenomenal. He is spectacular. He's playing through injury, making it happen, and all that good stuff. I'm going to tell you what, Oregon, they're a good team, very good team. I'm not saying that they're a bad team in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I understand that they've been beating the brakes off teams, and it looks like Washington's kind of struggling to get to the finish line. Heed my words. Washington will walk away the Pac-12 champions, and they will get into the playoffs.
2: I strongly disagree, um, and and it going
0: back to here's the thing. By the way, back... that is as mad as I've ever heard. Dono, that was I mean, a, that there was some oomph in that. Game. I like, mean, yeah.
2: I don't know, I, I don't know how mad I can get about a game that's not even happened yet, but I just I don't see it playing out that way because back in the first matchup, yeah, Washington won that game. Oregon beat themselves. I mean, there was some bad fourth down decisions. A college kicker did college kicker things when they could have won the game there. No. Um, so. Uh, and, And since that time, and I know that there's been more injury issues for Washington, but since that time, Oregon has actually trended stronger coming off of that loss then Washington trended coming off of that win. And that game was in Washington. This game is, you know, in Vegas, neutral site. I'm sure both teams will travel, but it's not going to be the home field advantage. Washington had the first time around. I can agree with you on Penix. Like I'll take Penix over Bo Nix, but Bo Nix is not chopped liver. I mean, six years has been the charm for him. He's been incredible out there this season. You know, he, he and, uh, and Penix have very comparable numbers. Nix arguably has slightly better numbers this year. So this is also, I think Jaden Daniels should be the Heisman winner. Let me, just say that yeah. but yeah. this matchup could decide that heisman because the heisman voters do they value the stats or do they value the signature wins so if they if more value comes into the signature win that matchup could decide it i i see oregon winning the game the nine and a half point spread is probably too big but i think oregon is the same win. spread yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's unbelievable
0: spread. um for a team that beat them or the regular season i i wasn't expecting that and to, to your point donna when you talk stats or the big moments who has a heisman moment Nobody yet. And you could argue that Caleb Williams never really had one. It wasn't about the wins at the end of the year. He was so statistically dominant that he beat out a guy like Max Duggan, who had a couple of Heisman moments. And this year, when when nobody's come to the forefront of that, you have two guys duking it out that at the top of the conversation in Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. that can grab their own. But for you, we've got Kenton. He's got Washington over Oregon this week. Dono, do you find an upset in this, in this conference championship weekend?
2: Um, I, if there is one, that would be the most likely one, but I do think Oregon's going to win that game. Uh, Tex, Texas is, is going to beat Oklahoma state. And, and obviously Oklahoma state, what a Jekyll and Hyde team, right? Because the oh, same team geez. that beats Oklahoma gets blown out by UCF. I think, I think Texas is going to win that game and win win big because for Texas, unless there's just a massive choke job, they know not only do they have to win, but they have to put up style points, guys, yeah. in order to have a chance to get to the top four. So Texas is not going to take their foot off the gas pedal if they have the opportunity to blow them out. Uh, you know, I, I I, I don't know. You know what? I, I've already predicted Georgia's going to win the game. Uh-oh. But Alabama, man, I I could talk myself into thinking, Al- and, yeah. you know, last week doesn't matter. I know Alabama, you know, they barely beat Auburn. That game is always drunk. And, you know, Georgia Tech against Georgia, I don't really put any stock into that one. So this is this is a completely new day for both teams. It wouldn't shock me if Saban pulled something off. So I don't know, either that one or Washington, probably the most likely. And listen, Louisville, Louisville I still think Florida State's the better team, regardless of who the quarterback is. So yeah. I, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in the Cardinals in that one. But I, I would say maybe Alabama has the biggest chance of pulling it off.
1: The yeah, first think, ever self sell me why I love that yeah. I absolutely love it
2: and I didn't I sell I, it that well because I didn't have no. the great confidence I really
0: didn't <laughs> no I think I've sold myself was the was the approach there uh yeah I, I, Alabama to me too there there comes a point for Nick Saban where it's. We've broke in the Ben don't break conversation. Alabama has been broke against Georgia year in and year out now. And I know it's only been the last couple of seasons. Georgia's gotten the best, but I, I, at some point Nick Saban says, look, I'm still the top dog. I'm still the King. There's still that there was that era where he had never lost to an assistant for a decade. He's still Nick Saban. And that's gotta be the message in Alabama and through Tuscaloosa this week. And then you get in the conversation of, does that keep Georgia out? That, that complicates things. So much as we go down the stretch here in the college football playoff conversation. But speaking of that, let's get into some sell me wise for these underdogs and those who are big favorites this week. We will also talk transfer portal, all the latest in that and and maybe even some Liberty New Mexico State, Miami, Ohio, Toledo. Who knows what's in store on On College Football Kickoff Live. But first, we'll take it to Dono.
2: Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S.
0: customers. It is time for the best part of the week. Every week, it's... Sell me why he... Ooh, a little out of tune. We'll try it again over the course the rest of the segment. Number eight, Alabama takes on number undefeated number one Georgia in the SEC Championship. Here is Luke Robinson of Locked on Bama to sell us why the Alabama Crimson Tide can cover a touchdown.
3: Hey, everybody. My name is Luke Robinson with Locked on Bama, and I'm going to sell you why you should take Alabama and the points against Georgia in this SEC Championship game. And the reason is because Alabama's rarely an underdog. And when they are, they typically win the game outright. I would say, hey, look, if you want to take a a smaller gamble, take Alabama on the money line. Because I'm telling you what, this team is playing really, really well. They're having a lot of fun. And a couple of games, Alabama hadn't been underdog many in the past, say, decade, about four. At least two of those were against Georgia. Both of those, Alabama won outright this team uh like i said is a little bit different than most other alabama teams not quite as the business-like approach a little bit more fun a lot of that starts at the top with the quarterback and i think alabama is going to march out of mercedes-benz stadium where they're undefeated by the way with a 27 26 win
0: you know i'm not usually sold with the this team's having fun, things are going well. You know we're, we're playing hot and we're great. as an underdog that doesn't give me a lot of tangible on the field stuff. But Kenton, after watching the way that things went down on Saturday, this I've seen college football teams do this so many times. They they get that skinnier teeth win, the miracle moment. And you think, <laughs> what if we're just the team of destiny? I, I think you do have that chip on your shoulder coming into this game after the way they beat Auburn.
1: You know, I think that Nick Saban also has a chip on his shoulder about the way people are talking about Kirby Smart now, because Kirby Smart's beat Nick Saban a total of what? One time now? Is it one? I think twice, I think. I
0: think it's twice. I mean,
1: either way you cut it, slice or look at it here, You're the, in the last time that Georgia beat Alabama, in that same season, Alabama had beaten Georgia before that. You're looking at a situation where people are going to be saying – Oh, my God, is it time for Nick to hang it up and all that? And the same way that we got a swan song out of the Pac-12, unlike something that any of us could have precipitated, we're probably going to get the same thing out of Nick Saban here. Like, all right, the old dog still got a couple left in me. In the words of Tim McGraw, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'll be as good once as I ever was. And I think that this is Nick Saban's moment. Toby Keith. Toby Toby Keith. I don't know country singers. My bad. Anyway, I think that we get that one where he's as good as he ever was right
0: here. All right, Dono, do you like him covering a touchdown? I do. Uh, and I'm glad
2: we had Luke on because he sold it better than I sold it to myself. So he may sure. and I didn't realize they were undefeated in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So that's another feather in my cap there. Um, but tangible stuff. Um, Alabama's got the best defense Georgia has faced all year. I think that's worth noting. And you know, Drake, I think you were the one who mentioned when you get the type of win and the type of moment that Bama had last yeah. week. Where you know you're you're converting a fourth and thirty-one to win the football game, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Uh, I I think that can create like an effect where you feel like you're invincible, right? And and most over the years, most Nick Saban teams probably feel that way anyway. But didn't start out that way for this year's Bama team. They had a rocky road for the first you know three four weeks of the season. But I think now they believe in themselves. So. Uh, I'm going to I'm 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 going to pick Georgia to probably win this game by three or four points, but I I do think Alabama covers. I think the number being about a touchdown is too big because I believe in the way Bama has been trending upwards. Now with Georgia, uh, I think it might have been a good thing for them long term that they missed Brock Bowers for about a month because that caused other playmakers to have to step up and kind of learn how to run that offense without him. So uh, Georgia, to me, I could see them winning a national championship again this year. I just don't think they're going to blow Alabama out. I think it's going to be a close game.
0: Kenton, you are as good as you once were. It is one win. Kirby Smart has gotten one win in five tries against Nick Saban. So I'll retract my statement. I I double retract. Alabama is broke against Georgia. I'm telling you, the only thing that I will
1: say is this. Jalen Milrow demanding the Heisman after that win. My brother in Christ, you were best earlier in this season. Knock that off. But very seriously, very seriously, I think that the, the Kirby has overtaken Nick talk. It's a little overblown. It's a little overstated, and I think think that Nick is like, oh, don't worry, y'all forgot who Pops was. I got to spank that baby, put him back to sleep. And Georgia is a very big baby now. That's a very tough one to spank, but we're going to see what happens there.
0: Now, Georgia has won almost 30 games in a row, so you can make that while it hasn't all been head-to-head against Bama, you can make the case that Kirby Smart is the king of college football, at least for now, but he can be dethroned on Saturday without a doubt. Two other teams that are fighting for college playoff contention in the Pac-12 championship. Number five, Oregon. Number three, Washington. The Huskies won the first matchup 36-33 at home, but now they're nine-and-a-half point underdogs. Here is Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Ducks to tell us why Oregon can cover as almost double-digit favorites.
4: Oregon is a big nine and a half point favorite against Washington in the Pac 12 championship game. And if they play the way they're capable of, they can cover that number. I'm Spencer McLaughlin of the Locked on Ducks podcast on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. It's Monday through Friday. Oregon is playing better football than Washington. That doesn't automatically mean they're going to win the game. It's the reason they opened as a seven and a half point favorite. And I think the public, largely because of the way Oregon's played the last couple of months, has moved it out to a nine and a half point spread. Oregon can cover that number though. Bo Nix is playing as good a football as anybody in the country. His decision-making and playmaking have both been off the charts. Good over the last couple of months, the run game hasn't been quite what it was in the first half of the season, but in each of the last two matchups with Washington, both losses for the ducks, Oregon has run the ball exceptionally well and the Huskies have struggled to tackle. If that comes up again, Oregon can win by 10 or more.
0: Okay. Okay. Oregon can win by 10 or more, Dono. I, I I will agree with that. We've seen them dominate teams. However, you use the inverse of, of what of what Spencer brought. If if Oregon plays their best brand of football, if Washington does the same, I, I still think the Huskies have an edge here. Well, you know the Huskies, and you could say the same
2: thing about Oregon, honestly. But one of the reasons why I think this game is going to be close is just the big play potential. I mean, we've talked about Penix. Uh, it, you know, he could at any point in time hit Roma Dunze for a you know a seventy-five yard touchdown. It can happen in the blink of an mm-hmm. eye. Uh, I think one of the keys for Washington, if they're going to pull off a, a big upset here, despite the fact that they've beaten this team already, can they generate any sort of a pass rush? I mean, we look at you know, how good Bo Nix has been this year, it really shouldn't be that much of a mystery when the Ducks have only surrendered five sacks this year, guys. That's the fewest given up by any FBS team. And inversely, Washington is 110th in the nation in producing sacks. So if they can flip that narrative around a little bit and apply some pressure, that could be the X factor in this game because I think a lot of people look at it and just say, this is probably going to be a shootout the way the first game was probably going to be relatively high scoring and going to be really close. But if I'm going to look at, at the Huskies to pull one off, if, if they can put some pressure on Knicks, which nobody's really done this year, that could give them an even bigger edge. But I, I thought Spencer did an okay job selling it, but I think even Spencer has got to know nine and a half points. That's probably too big for a game like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kenton for you as somebody who played the game at the collegiate level, how much of this comes down to coaching each team got a fair shake at we have kenton here oh i think oh oh, hey kenton uh, how much (laughs) how Uh, much of this is coaching when you talk about two teams that have already met once before you played the game at the collegiate level yeah is it adjustments is it are we going to learn who's better when it comes to the guys with the headsets
1: yeah absolutely absolutely that's why it's hard to be the team twice not only is it the guys with the headsets you have seen what has success, and generally, it's easy to get lazy and settle in on, "Hey, we had success with this the first time; let's do it again." That's that's the thing there, and I'm going to say this: Washington, the the Huskies all season have been the Rodney Dangerfield of college football. They get no respect at all, week in and week out, whenever it's who's proud for an upset. Somebody's always screaming, the Huskies! The Huskies are going to lose it this week! They're going to blow it this week! They can't win this game! Do y'all remember the first matchup against Oregon? Got no chance. Oh, this team. Oh, Oregon is right. You know, Oregon's on the road, but I'll tell you what, that's one of the best road dogs you're going to see all year. And lo and behold, they just won the game. I'm going to tell you right now, This Washington team has had it up to here with the disrespect. And I don't know. I'm not going to lie and say I have sources inside that program because I don't. But I'm going to hope and pray and wish that they have the temperament in that building that is absolutely pissed off, disgruntled, and downright nasty in terms of y'all still don't believe. How much more can we do? So after we beat this team, let me guess. We're going to go to the playoff and y'all going to say we need to lose by double digits there too, right? It's it's their time. Huskies are having a special season. They keep
0: it rolling here. I love it. Guys, one of the games we haven't talked about quite a bit is Michigan and Iowa. We'll get into that over the course of the show and later on, but let's go to Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC and talk a little bit more in depth about Alabama and Georgia, as this one certainly decides the makeup of the college football playoff. But first, we'll take it to Donna.
2: Having so much fun since 2020 on prize picks prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, by the way, because it's just you against the numbers, instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. Guys, with basketball season here as well, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three points made plus receptions. I love stuff like that. And here's what I love most about prize picks. They even offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepix.com slash lockedoncollege and use code college for a first deposit match up to 100 Prize PrizePix really is daily fantasy sports made easy.
0: It is our biggest game of the week, Alabama and Georgia. Chris Gordy here to break it down from Locked On SEC. Gordy, in this matchup, now as we've all learned, Nick Saban 4-1 and against Kirby Smart, does that trend continue and Georgia's almost 30-game win streak break? No, I mean, look, as much as we want to talk about you know Armageddon with the
5: college football playoff can Alabama do it and I've heard some Alabama fans this week Oh, Nick Saban owns Kirby I mean you know he got there once but uh it was when you know all the receivers went down for Bama but I just think this Georgia team is on another level uh the way. Kirby has recruited the their roster is three four deep with four and five star uh, talent and look Bama give Nick Saban credit he's done a great job of coaching this team up they were not uh, you know we before the year I think some of us kind of thought okay this could be a two loss team and when they lose to Texas at home in week two some people are thinking oh they're gonna lose three four losses give them credit they've rallied I'm a little bit uh hesitant on the Jalen Milro has arrived uh, you know, they were very fortunate, as we know, to win that Iron Bowl a week ago. They should have lost that game. Miracle play. Give them credit. They make a big play when they needed to. But, you know, w- when people were talking about all oh, this team's getting red hot, Milro's looking great and all this, keep in mind who they were playing. They were playing some mediocre to bad defenses when he really started taking off. They had to hold on for dear dear life in the second half against Arkansas. After that, they have a terrible first half against Tennessee. Then they have an awesome second half against Tennessee. Uh, but after that, they beat up on LSU. who's was one of the worst defenses in, in the SEC. Uh, they put up 49 on a bad Kentucky defense, and then they put 66 on Chattanooga. So look, Alabama's good, but I'm not ready to say this is one of the best offenses. Look at some of the, the tougher defenses they've played this year, 24 against Ole Miss, 26 against A&M, 27 last week against Auburn, and really it was 21 because of that miracle touchdown. So I just think Like, the expectations are Georgia's not giving up more than, you know, 24 to Bama. So if Bama gets to 24, can they hold Georgia's offense under that? Maybe, but it's going to take a special defensive performance
1: from Georgia. See, you just took the question right out of my mouth because, you know, normally Dono's the betting guy, but I was going to ask, what's the magic number in this game to get to? So instead, I'll ask you this. What is Georgia's path to winning and what is Bama's path to winning this game in your opinion?
5: Yeah, I think Bama's going to need a turnover or two uh, or a big kick return. We saw Caleb Downs a couple weeks ago with a big punt return. They benched Kool-Aid McKinstry in the return game. So, you know, if Caleb Downs returns a punt for a touchdown, that would be huge. A pick six on Carson Beck would be huge. Uh, Hit for a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Something like that. Bama's going to need a big momentum-changing thing. But I do think it's simple. I I love to look at the point totals and what we've seen throughout the year. I think if Bama gets the 30 points, they have a great chance to win this game. But that's the problem is Georgia's defense is so strong. Uh, You know, people look at the Georgia Tech game a week ago and say, uh, you know, maybe not the best performance from Georgia. They were sitting a lot of guys out. They rested Brock Bowers, Lied McConkie, a lot of guys that weren't 100 percent they rested him to try to get him ready for this weekend against uh against Alabama. So, uh, you know, for Georgia, I think just keep doing what you're doing. And and by the way, if Bama jumps out to a 7 point 7 nothing lead, takes the the ball down the field, scores first, it doesn't matter because Georgia as so many teams have done that against Georgia. Tennessee did it. Uh Florida did, Vanderbilt. did it all these teams have done it. And then Georgia goes, yep, yeah, that's it. That's enough. We've made adjustments. Yeah. We saw what you were running. So um it, it's going to be fascinating. Again, look, I'm not saying Bama doesn't have a chance. I right. just think this Georgia team is is so experienced and so deep that, um, you know, they're ready for this challenge.
2: You know, I, I think about this Gordy, from your perspective as the host of locked on sec, because we talk about chaos scenarios in college football If Bama wins a close game this weekend, they both get into the playoff, right? Like Georgia and Bama would get – how do you see that breaking down if Bama does win? What's the playoff scenario? I I don't
5: want to be anywhere near that decision-making room. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's chaos. You literally don't know what to do. I mean, I thought Bill Hancock's statement the other day was pretty interesting where he said, we are picking the four best teams, not the most deserving. If right. I ask each one of you, what's the best Chinese restaurant you ever ate at? You're all going to have different opinions, right? Like, so the yeah. best is so subjective, but I think what they're telling us is we've had Georgia at number one. We think Georgia is one of the best teams. If Georgia loses on a last minute field goal to Bama, Georgia is still one of the four best teams in the country. They're not going to take them out of the top four because of that. Um, now, if Bama wins 50 to 14, yeah, maybe Georgia is not one of the four best teams, but um, that's what it would take. I, I, I still don't know on the Bama debate. I mean, if Texas wins convincingly, if they hammer Oklahoma state, that head-to-head has to matter. We can't ignore that week-two game and act like it didn't happen. Everybody's uh, like, oh, well, Bama's a much better team now. Doesn't matter. Like, are we judging it off of the season and the resume, or are we just go on who we want at the end of the year? And Saban has brainwashed all of us to believe, you know, every year at the end of the year, Bama's one of the four best teams. Well, sure. You have one of the top damn top two recruiting classes every year. Of course you're one of the best teams. You always are. So – um, it, it'll be very interesting. Look, I know a lot of people are rooting for the chaos to happen, but God forbid if that happens, this committee is in a world of trouble
0: because who the hell – somebody's going to get left very disappointed. Gordy, before we get you out of here, we've talked about how the game can play out. How will it? Who wins and how does it go?
5: Yeah, I think I think we see what we saw this year. I think Alabama comes out, executes. I think they score early. Um, it wouldn't surprise me they get the ball first, take a 7-0 lead but then I see, we'll see Georgia do what Georgia does. The quick passes out to Brock Bowers and, and some of their Rara Thomas and some of their weapons they have. And that run game, I mean, Kendall Milton and, uh you know, all the different pieces they've had throughout the year. Dejon Edwards been so good this year. Uh, they just bleed you. It's that slow bleed where it's like, God, he just got six yards of first down. Oh, it's another six yards. And it's just like, they just keep the chains moving, keep the clock running. And so, uh, yeah, I, I pick Georgia, you know, I think Georgia scores in the thirties. Wouldn't surprise me if they get the 40 here. Um, Georgia wins something like 41, 24, probably close at half. I mean, if you want to, if you want to say Bama is, is close hanging around the first half, I just think this Bama defense is not great. Like They're they're good, but Kevin Steele, like he's an average to good defensive coordinator. Um, Saban plays a big part of that. But keep in mind this Alabama team, you know, like we're so used to them winning games like the Kentucky game a few weeks ago, they scored forty nine. In years past, that game would be forty nine to six or forty nine to ten. Instead, they gave up twenty one to Kentucky. They didn't, you know, get the stops when they need to. They let Kentucky keep putting together drives on them. So um, I think this weekend, Bama gets not exposed, but
0: we get a reveal of how far ahead Georgia's program is right now ahead of Alabama. That's Chris Gordy of locked on sec Gordy. Thanks for joining lockdown college football kickoff live.
5: All right. Thanks guys. And uh, hopefully I told you why.
0: <laughs> I think what Gordy was looking for there was sell me. Why? Yeah, you know, he just kind of botched it. So I needed, to, I needed to come in and clean up a little bit there. Uh, guys, I know we've talked a lot about this Alabama and Georgia game, one that we haven't gotten to yet Michigan and Iowa. 21 and a half point spread in a game where I, I don't know if Michigan will score more than 24 points. That's not a knock on Michigan, it is a complete and utter respect to Iowa's defense. Now, will Iowa put up more than three points is the big question, I guess. How do you view this one, Kenton? You
1: know, th- Michigan might not get to 24. They don't need to. I mean, this Iowa offense, it's disgusting. It's bad. It's pretty disgusting. bad. You know it's bad when you got to fire your son. You know, like its it's one of those moments. There's a very big thing also going on at Michigan where a son may need to get fired. And guess what? He's not yet. So, yeah. uh, very seriously, I see this as a situation where Michigan, I I could see them getting to about 24, 27 points. I don't think Iowa puts up more than seven. So, I I think that they cover. I could yeah. see Iowa covering, but I don't uh, – th- their path to win this game is zero to none. It's slim to none. It's Slim's got his top hat on with one foot out the door. He's doing the smooth criminal lean out the door. So, I, I think that uh, Michigan takes care of business here.
0: Yeah, Dono, I don't think there's anything Iowa can do to win. That that can't be the conversation here. But their defense, to me, at least keeps this thing within 21, despite the way Michigan has blown out a lot of teams on their schedule.
2: The very first two bets that I put on my bet slip on FanDuel heading into this weekend, I didn't have to think a whole lot about these. And even if one or both of these don't hit, I will have no regrets because they should hit under 34 and a half. I feel very strongly about that in this game. I, I see the the combined score probably being in the 20s, right? And Iowa plus 21 and a half. Now, with that said, I think Michigan's going to win the football game. I, I just think that uh, they may not throw the ball the entire game because they'll be playing with, with a lead. And I think Michigan's mm-hmm. defense is going to be rolling. It's going to be a very run-heavy attack from the Wolverines. They're just going to take care of business. And then, yeah, Iowa's defense, they, they can slow Michigan down to a point they can't score on Michigan because let's not forget Michigan has an incredible defense I know the storyline for Iowa has been defense because they can't score Michigan can score but they're also they've been consistently one of if not the top defense in the country for most of the season so and listen it's no disrespect to to Michigan Uh, I just think that out of out of the power five championship games this weekend this to me is the most missable <laughs> out of yeah. them that if i you know for whatever reason i maybe do some yard work and i, I don't catch the entire game i'm probably not going to lose too much sleep over that but i think michigan's going to win but it's going to be a low scoring game and they're probably not going to cover
0: Dono's the maniac doing yard work at 7 or 8 p.m uh yeah, eastern I w- time Jeez. i wasn't sure if
2: that was a night game but yeah okay oh so i'll be gosh. doing yard work
0: <laughs> all right Dono's married to the yard work uh i was last five games 13 to 10, 15 to 13, 22 nothing, 10 seven, and 12 10, which is straight out of the book of the 1920s, just like yeah. John Heisman era, Georgia Tech, Cornell going out there and duking it out. Um, I do think Iowa covers the 21 and a half this weekend. That, that's given us a good view, guys, of the, the conference championship games this week. I know the one that we really didn't touch too much on is Texas, Oklahoma State, but the biggest storyline in that is not the game itself it's more so can texas backdoor its way into the college football playoff somehow and how does that resume stack up but as we move out of the games themselves let's go into some big booms and busts this is really the last chance we'll get to pinpoint those over the course the entire year that we think wow that team is a bust and kenton i know you're passionate about a couple
1: yeah i want to start off with bust and i want to actually start here okay Everybody during rivalry week who's being soft is saying, Please stop saying mean things to our yeah. team. Listen, it's rivalry week. Turn the this, sprinklers on. I love it. Turn the sprinklers on. Turn and, the sprinklers on. And tell me you did it. Call the opposing team pieces of crap. That's what you're supposed to do. Say that you couldn't get into our school. Say that you're supposed to hate each other. That is how this thing works. What does Georgia and Georgia Tech call theirs? Clean old fashioned hate. What does uh what does West Virginia say to Pitt when the song Sweet Carolina come on? They tell him to eat feces in a four-letter word that rhymes with spit. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not gonna say it because I don't want that call from David. You know, ghost Drake told needs money to get that makeup Woo-hoo. that he's applying. So, with that being said, my first bus goes there. My second bus. This makes me happy. This brings great joy to my heart. This brings uh, Hell yeah. Oh, William Mack Brown, come on down to the floor. for this, And I know a lot of you are thinking, oh, you're partying on your enemy's grave and you beat them. Let me tell you something. If a child is younger than four years old, they don't know a world where NC State lost to UNC. Let's start there. Mm. Let's go beyond that to the fact that for two straight seasons, those boys in Chapel Hill have absolutely broken down like a 93 Pinto on the side
0: of the road. <laughs> Wait a second. If a child's under four years old, they don't know a lot of things, Kenton. I just want to yeah. throw that part out there as well. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair.
1: That's very fair. But you've got but a the point. Re- I'll give it to but you. But the reality is this man has led this program to top 10, top 12, top 15, and then falling off a cliff every single time with no parachute. This ain't Fortnite. They've fallen off that cliff in are ugly, man. I mean, this is like the other guys when they said, aim for the bushes. What bushes, Mac? This is hideous. Why does your team not show up for the second half of the season?
0: That's my second bust of them. Oh, geez. Dono, are you as passionate about yours?
2: Uh, Let me go with a long-term bust. I, I can't say I expected them to win this past weekend, but... Our pal LinkedIn Billy, uh, not full ah. eligible. Five and seven uh, season for, li- and, and next still year still haven't fired him. Next year and next year's schedule is even tougher. Like Florida yes. may win three. They, they they could have a better team next year. They probably won't. But if they had a better team next year, they might only win three or four games next year. Jeez, so, oh, oh, uh, I'm I'm just surprised Brandon hasn't muted me yet. Uh, you know, I
0: down.
1: I, why don't you? I'm lapping our rivals. We love this. I I, I was
2: I was going to throw some shade at North Carolina, but I can't possibly do it better than the way Kenton just did. So I'll leave that one alone Uh, in terms of just strict, uh, strict busts from last week. Okay. How can I not go Auburn? (laughs) You are, you are a fourth and 31 stop at home away from beating Alabama. And you don't, stop that fourth and 31. And h- how many seconds did Jalen Milrow have to throw that football? He was in the what felt like 30 seconds. He's dancing around uh, yeah. in and out of the pocket. Uh But listen, I, I know it's a tough one. Where- wherever you are, Zach Blackerby, I'm so sorry. And I'm sure you haven't recovered from that yet. And I can't blame you for not having recovered from that. But I got to go with them for a bust. And if I can flip the script to uh, this is one of those weird weeks where my busts outweigh my booms. But I've got to go Michigan for a boom, right? I mean, last week, rivalry week, and out of all the rivalry games played, none were bigger and none were contested against a tougher opponent than what, I mean, you could argue Ohio State had the toughest opponent. But, you know, from Michigan's side of things, that that was the biggest win of the week. That was a, you know, a, a defining win for Michigan. Once again, without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines, he finished out that suspension. So Michigan, Michigan is my boom above all booms this week.
0: All right, I've got plenty of busts this week. I'm because we have not talked a lot of Texas and Oklahoma State. I'm going to give you a little bit from the from the Big Twelve, but I'm going to start with my Nokia six that I'm recording this from. That's my first bust. We got to make we got to update upgrade things. My second is Geek Squad at Best Buy. They say fixed. They say my computer's fixed, and this is what I get. My Goth Girl era. I am livid today, but hey, we we've made it work. The audio is great. My biggest boss,
1: girl, Drake. We stand on.
0: Uh, yep. <laughs> Best Buy Geek Squad does not stand on business. I um. <laughs> <laughs> I am so disappointed with what TCU did this year. You go out, you yeah. go win a game in the college football playoff. You go to the national championship, and from there, from the second pentatonics sang that national anthem, nothing has been the same for the TCU Horn Frogs and Sonny Dykes. They have not looked consistent. They have not looked good. Georgia beat them into submission and then some, to the point where they missed a bowl game after going to the national championship. That's just, it's inexcusable. You can't miss a bowl game in the Big 12, especially the parity of the league this season. Plenty of beatable teams, plenty of games that they lost. They should have won. TCU is a massive bust, possibly long-term. Another one, the Baylor Bears, who went 3-9. and nine. The AD comes out and says, hey, we have standards here. is your standard 2 and 10? Did you just clip it? Did you just barely get above that standard? And then your excuse for not firing the coach is, you know what we'll do? We'll fire all the assistants. Well, you already did that. You did that two years ago. Now you're doing it at some point. It's got to be the head coach. And then they say, well, you know, the real issue must have been NIL. You claim to be the number one team in compensation in NIL in the entire Big 12. But that's the issue. That's why you're losing ballgame. Well, the portal's not good enough. You brought in 13 guys last year, Have one of the top classes in the Big 12. At some point, something's got to give. You're serious about sports and you make a change. And there are a lot of schools in the country dealing with the same thing right now that decided, you know what? This is not the offseason. We're going to make a change. So they didn't. Another bust. The guy is having relations with a volleyball player, hires her on staff to continue said unspeakable relations, then wrecks his motorcycle lies about it says she was a bystander helped him out then it comes out that he lied he's got a whole wife and kids and you fire the guy who hired a woman who he was seeing on the side and then you rehired the guy that what was a shocker
2: sta- for me i couldn't believe that
0: what is the statute of limitations on being a bad person at, at what point is it 10 years is it 12 years we decide you know what i would rather win football games and and look i know 90% of arkansas fans are very excited about this move because they care about one thing and that's winning football games but what a what i mean do we not remember the true details, of the atrocity of what he did to that woman, yeah. to the university, the embarrassment that was And Arkansas has hired Bobby Petrino as their offensive coordinator? I got busts all around uh, my boom, though. Mike Gundy, give me Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy for losing to South Alabama and still making the Big 12 championship game somehow. But, Dono, I, you, you perked up there a bit. This whole Bobby Petrino thing, I do want to hone in on for a second because it's wild. Well, I just want to say
2: that, um, obviously, in the coaching carousel, because you even mentioned it, you know, when, when it comes to teams who ultimately have to hire coaches and the fan bases that react to those hires, yeah, the most important criteria usually is get me somebody who can help us win. And we do see very commonly, no matter what level of football, college, professional, you can burn a lot of bridges and still get opportunities. The coaching fraternity is a weird thing like that, but yeah you usually don't get that second opportunity at the same place where you burn that bridge. That's the shocking thing. Like, you know, Petrino has gotten a lot of jobs since, you know, the first go around at Arkansas, he's got a lot of different jobs since then, which is just the reality of college football. The shocking thing to me was to get the job back there. That was what I
0: couldn't believe. Yes. College football is a, I mean, look at Hugh Freeze. He's in the same division where he was calling escorts on a university phone. How quick we forget because he beat Alabama a couple times.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a matter of forgetting. I I can't remember what NFL Scott it was, but uh, they said, if Hannibal Lecter could make tackles and ran a four, three, we just say he had an eating problem. I mean, that's, that's the reality of what we're looking at here. This isn't, this isn't. Let's stop playing like this is a, a Mr. Morals situation here. Yeah. This is more so a team morale situation here. Because at the end of the day, every the only thing that matters is the everything that matters, and that's winning. That's it. That's you know we we talk about hey, we want to make your son a better person. We want to make him a better yeah. Do your Jameis Mustard eating W's is what matters here. everybody sits on the couch and says, hey, we're going to make your son a better man. We're going to make him a better player. We're going to make him all the good things when he comes to our university. And nine times out of 10, if that kid is too slow, if that kid's arms aren't as long as they thought they were, if he isn't as quick, if he isn't as fast, what happens? He gets discarded on the island of misfit toys just like anybody else. Let's stop playing like this is a moral operation. This is an operation that's based on, can you get the job done? Will you get the job done? And that's it. That's it. Having that, you got
0: that job, job being winning.
1: There's no. There's yes, not a moral
0: aspect yeah, of that. There's, the job isn't to be moral.
1: Absolutely, the job has nothing to do with morality. We see in basketball. We see Patino back at the high level. Like it does not matter. We saw um, Godfrey go somewhere else and get another job and get another university in trouble. These Dave people Bliss? don't care. They don't Dave care. Dave Bliss was blaming Beers. a dead guy for beard that beard at Ole Miss. The reality really? is. We're looking up and seeing more and more these teams no longer need to – the news cycle works so quickly that it doesn't matter anymore. It's like, oh, no, we got to fire this person because they're bad. We'll put them on a two-year isolation. We'll probably get them back if we need them back. Because make no mistake about it, if Kiffin wasn't working out at Ole Miss, you don't think that they would have gave Hugh Freeze the call? Mm. Absolutely they would have. But it's working out for them, so they're like, yeah, we're good people. We don't want that Freeze guy back.
0: From the Liberty School of uh, of Coaching Rehab. It's Alabama or Liberty. It depends on how bad your infraction was. Yeah, Either Alabama yeah, or Liberty. And then you go for Ian McCaw, the AD at Liberty. Was it Baylor in 2016? And it's the Liberty School for Rehabilitation if you're in sports. Coming up, let's pick some of these conference championship games this weekend. But first, we'll hear from a very valued sponsor, eBay Motors, Dono. All right, let's close this thing out, boys. Conference championship weekend. Very quickly, very, very quickly. Miami of Ohio and Toledo this week. Alex Dono. Because um, I don't
2: want to anger Brandon Olson more yes. than I have already. Uh, Our lead a,
0: producer here is the one who won. a
2: Toledo it. guy. In addition to being the host of Locked on Gators, I'm going to go with the Toledo Rockets to get it done.
1: Kenton Gibbs. Give me the Rockets. Every time i picked against cast Technicians, I have lost this year. Give me the Rockets.
0: All right, fine. I'll take Toledo just for Brandon. I know he's had a tough year with Florida. Toledo it is. Let's go Oklahoma State and Texas, 11 a.m. on ABC and airing in Times Square. Brett Yormark has rented out a video board to play this game in New York, and no one's going to care. Alex Dono, who wins the Big 12 championship?
2: No, Texas is going to win the game. I think the question to me is, uh, depending on which version of Oklahoma State shows up, does Texas cover 15 and a half? But Texas is going to – and you know what? I think Texas probably will win big guys because I mentioned it earlier. uh, Not only winning this game because that might not be enough. You've got to win this game with style points. You know, Sark and company, they know that. That you've really got to blow Oklahoma State out to even give yourself a chance if a team like Alabama loses in front of you to get into that top four. So I'm going with Texas to win big.
1: Kenton. Of all the power five teams in the conference championships, they are the most one-dimensional in terms of uh, Oklahoma State and leaning on Ali Gordon. Yeah. With yeah. that being said, I only say that because Iowa has no dimensions offensively. With the, so uh, I give Texas the nod in this one, and I think they cover because, I mean, the, the goal is simple. Fill the box. Stop Ali. Win the game. Yeah. I think they yeah. do so handily.
0: Texas allows 89 rushing yards per game. They allowed 330 passing yards to Rocco Beck, but I don't think Alan Bowman's even as good as Iowa State's Rocco Beck. If forced to throw the ball, Oklahoma State's going to lose. Texas thwarts a late comeback. The Cowboys cover 15 and a half, but Texas wins by a score. Let's go, Georgia, Alabama, 3 o'clock, CBS. Kenton, where do you lean?
1: Roll, tide, roll. I've got Bama pulling off the upset. I think that, again, Saban is tired of hearing about his assistant finally getting one on him. And he said, all right, all right, I, I'll show you. I'll show you exactly what's going on. Give me that one.
2: Dono. You know it's it's crazy because we we've had a couple good uh, sell me wise and conversations. Like Luke from Locked On Bama made a strong case to Bama to cover, maybe even win the game. Gordy from Locked On SEC basically told us uh, Georgia's going to blow them out. Uh, I'm going to stick with my guns to say I still think it's going to be a closer game than Gordy gave him credit for from yep. a Bama side. I, I don't think they're going to pull off the upset though. Georgia to me is just the better football team. That's going to carry over, and Kirby Smart is going to be two and four against his former mentor coming up this weekend. I've got Georgia winning a close one.
0: I'm going to go with Kenton here. I'm going to go Alabama. I think Nick Saban, that's the lean. It's the edge that I give it. I'm going to go Nick Saban and Alabama. They find a way to get it done. Uh, They lead early and they somehow find They keep that lead. They find a way to keep that lead. They never trail in this game and win it by a score. Uh, Michigan and Iowa, we already give a a deep rundown in the show. All of us, we're all good with Michigan here. Absolutely. Uh, That one feels pretty obvious. Louisville, Florida State. Close to you guys in your territory, Kenton. Where do you go?
1: I got Florida State winning a close one. The ACC fans could see um, Florida State blowing this, blowing the doors off this thing in terms of voters for Locked On ACC. But I don't see a world where Florida absolutely whoops the wheels off them unless Jack Plummer puts on a disaster class, which we have seen from him at times this year. So I think the Florida State wins a close one unless Jack doesn't show up, at which point this one gets ugly early. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Florida State as well. I think they win it by 10 in the end. They find a way to get it done by double digits. They need to make a statement. They feel a need to make a statement to stay in the college football playoff. Uh, Dono, are you going with the Seminoles as well?
2: Yeah, I'm going with the Seminoles. I think this is a game where they can lean pretty heavily on Trey Benson and their running game and where Rhoda Maker just don't make too many mistakes because you got a lot of talent on the perimeter. And Florida State's defense is really good, fellas. So, um, you know. I think Florida State wins this game. They probably still cover, but, uh, you know, I root for chaos, so I wouldn't mind seeing Louisville play. And I'm also a Miami guy. I'm not going to hide my true colors. So I wouldn't mind seeing Louisville pull it <laughs> off, but I think Florida State gets it
1: done. The most level-headed Miami fan. That
0: yeah, time. yeah. The big one on Friday night, guys, not on the CW, oddly enough. It's on ABC, number five, Oregon, number three, Washington, in the Pac-12 championship. Dono, who wins this rematch?
2: Oregon, uh, they win the rematch. Now, funny enough, this is, out of all of the conference championship games, at least the Power Five ones, this is the only rematch. This is the only rematch yeah. in the Power Five conference title games. It's hard to beat a team like Oregon twice this year. Last time was in Washington. Oregon shot themselves in the foot, could have won a close game. This time they win a close game in Las Vegas, and they get into the college football playoff.
0: Kenton, come on. Say Huskies.
1: You know what I got. You know I got the Huskies. I've got the Huskies winning this game because, again, they were underdogs in the first game. They've been picked as the team to be upset multiple times this year. Again, the disrespect has got to stop at some point in time. They put an end to Well, actually, they won't put an end to it because after this, they'll be underdogs again in the playoff. And that's all right with them. They'll enjoy being the Rodney Dangerfield of college football all the way up to a natty, hopefully, for them. I don't
0: see them winning that much.
1: But I got them beating Oregon today or Friday, rather. Right?
0: Give me the Washington Huskies in this game. Uh, I just think we saw too many coaching blunders in the first game from Oregon for me to trust that staff coming up in a rematch. I'm going to go Washington in this one. That is Kenton Gibbs of Locked On ACC and Locked On Wolfpack. Alex Dono of Locked On Canes. Just want to say, guys, it's been a pleasure this whole season. You're both pros, pros, and to work with you every week covering all of college football has been great. Kenton, thank you.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to be here with you, Drake, man. I'm I'm excited to be here with you, Dono. I'll tell you what. When I got the call about this show, I said, "Who am I going to be doing it with?" They told me y'all too. I did some research. I said, "Wait, wait a minute now. This, this right. little blonde kid right. is all right. This is the best blind kid since Bieber. I love it. I love. We got to get some toll fever going, baby. We got to get
0: it rolling." Uh, Dono, pleasure to work with you too.
2: Pleasure to work with you both. Like I, I knew, I knew Kenton a little bit uh, going back to last year with Locked On ACC, getting to know Kenton better, and getting to know Drake Toll because I, I knew him as the the best hair in the business he and borba have the best hair on the yes. locked on network but there's a lot of substance behind that hair drake you did a fantastic job all year long
0: thanks guys as a 16 year old who just got my car keys last week it's it's been an honor to get this call this has been and always will be thank you all for joining us every single week for locked on college football kickoff live